Hello, hello, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, It's Gay. I am your host, Zeke. I am very excited to be here again today, uh, just like every episode, I suppose, um, chatting with uh, a repeat offender, a double guest, second time on the pod, um, second time on the pod, and also second day in a row hanging out with me, as he just pointed out. Um, he, they, he or she, we don't know yet. You don't know who it is. Um, this is an episode long time coming. Uh, not even that long because it's barely been a month, maybe even just like three weeks since, since this topic, uh, kind of came to the spotlight. Uh, if you already, obviously, if you're listening, you know what this is about. Actually, maybe this is the episode where I don't put the titles of what we're talking about in it. And we come up with um, episode names organically while discussing. That's always fun. Um, okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, I'm already rambling and I only took a gummy literally three minutes ago. So we're gonna try to get through <laughs> this before, um, before the world starts crumbling around us. Um, all right, well, I am joined by the TK, the, what is it? Gaijin? Artsy Gaijin? Yes. Yeah, Artsy Gaijin, uh, in the flesh again. Uh, you might remember him from our On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous uh, episode, uh, which you haven't listened to. Go give that a listen. Be sure you do. It was a fun time. It was great. Uh, and then you might also know him from... Uh, being very obsessed with everything everywhere all at once on Twitter and all social media. Um, and then more recently being a mega, mega, mega stan of today's topic, Heartstopper, uh, the, the graphic web series turned into a graphic novel, turned into a Netflix series that today they just, uh, the press just came out that they have two more seasons coming out so it's season two and a season three um i don't think they put times or dates on that yet but uh we we celebrated today by hanging out and seeing unrelated dr strange uh we will not be discussing that movie at all this episode um by choice uh, and by duty um so thomas welcome back thank you for having me again of course of course uh, I I don't even know where to. S- let's catch up. What's been going on in your life uh, before we dig into Heartstopper? Uh, because spoiler alert, it is very gay, and we love it. Um, yes, it's all it's all the umbrella. It is really. it is everything. It tr- yeah, it covers literally everything. Well, in all the best ways, honestly. It, yeah, it, and the best way being young adult queer coming of age in high school um, because that's the only place to find true and real love. Um, (laughs) I can't even say anything. I'm sure we'll get into that soon. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I can't Uh, even deny that. uh, What have, what have you been up to since our last Uh, little epi? Also, um, by the way, everyone, we are recording video with this so I can see Thomas and he can see me. And maybe you can see this yes, too. But like my monitor is this way, my camera's this way. Yeah. 
So fun if you see me look right. That's why. Uh, but no, I. What have I done? I'm starting a new job soon. I'm not going to disclose where that is, for you know, every reason why I wouldn't want to. Uh, but I also published my second issue of my photo zine that I want to do. That's just like me taking a film camera around the city of Chicago, just organically exploring and taking pictures and publishing them because I'm a firm believer and you should publish your work, be it, you know, writing, poetry, whatever, or in my case, photography. So I published that after two years of having published the first one because, you know, pandemic depression. And it's a great little book. This one's bigger than the first one. It is. It is. You say little and I felt horrible. It's 72 pages (laughs) and it it felt ridiculous to make it that big. Yeah. Especially compared to the first one. The first one was black and white too. Yeah. And this one is. It's not fully black and white, but predominantly black and white. So I, yeah, this one is full color. I don't have a single black and white photo in there for this issue. What is this issue called? Oh, so the zine itself is just 50 wards. Uh, that's 50, the number in W-A-R-D-S uh, because Chicago has 50 wards, if you are unfamiliar. And it's just a fun and clever name to explore the city with. And this one is my pictures of the last two years that I had it published in the first one. Thomas, I want us to just get right into this thing that has consumed a large part of both of our lives and become mostly our entire personalities in the last couple of weeks. Yes. Um, And it will continue to be so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So Heartstopper. I, when, when I first found out that it was happening, um, I got the first volume of the graphic novel uh, just because I didn't, know how it was gonna like pan out I didn't know if book one would be series one or what was gonna happen and I also didn't realize it was gonna take me like seven minutes to read the entire thing um and then I did and I'm sobbing and crying and sobbing and crying and sobbing and crying and I immediately go to buy two three and four because there are four volumes and they are just all on back order everywhere in the world. And I'm looking everywhere, searching everywhere. We we went to a bookstore uh, to try to find it, not there. Um, anyway, long story short, usually I try to read the books before I see uh, something that's been made into uh, either a, a film or something on TV. Uh, but I was not going to be able to wait for the rest of the volumes to be delivered to me. And I went ahead and watched the first three episodes um, because episode three, the end of episode three is where the end of book one ends. Um, Oh, okay. Let's also say what Heartstopper is. Um, A little synopsis, little summary. So it is a uh a young adult queer coming of age i hate saying that um oh what was that 
We talked about it in our episode. We, we literally did. Uh, oh, what's that word? I don't know. Some whole oh, ass German oh, word. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, anyway, there's a word for that uh, that isn't why isn't coming of age. Um, but it is, uh, I don't even know how to describe it just because it's, it's an experience that so many of us have had. And it's not just about like discovering who you are or like coming to terms with your sexuality or love or romance or any of that. It's like every single piece of that entire journey, not yet, not from start to finish, um, but from start to where series one ends, which is in a, a cute little way, yelling at the ocean. Um, is that an ocean? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with where bodies of water are. And oh, wait, I would I guess assume it, it is. It is. Cause I think it's they not, say it's the ocean. Yeah. Cause and also an, like they're an island. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Um, how would you describe Heartstopper? Yeah. I would say that is very accurate. Uh, when I pitched it to friends, be they straight or otherwise, um, because I'm very much into making straight people enjoy queer content that's actually good, and this is that. Uh, but to put it in terms that like we know already, it is you know shy, nerdy person falls in love with like sportsy jock person. Uh, which you know we have some of those stories for queer people but this one this one is done in such a way that I think it's made a lot of specifically like millennials uh and older really reckon with things more than what we have gotten and I think that's where this is differing from previous representation yeah I mean it that first week it became the number one streamed netflix show in 10 in 10 countries around the world right 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 right. this it, it's very silly to me that a this is the first of truly something kind of like this in the same sort of vein um but also for it to have to be doing the numbers that it's doing and for there have to really been nothing like it before it's like dude like come on, it's kind of, we were having a conversations with a friend earlier today, kind of about um, content that people want and crave and need and people just shooting it down and not sort of getting it. Um, yeah. But the minute it goes out there, I mean, this, this thing is blown up. You can't buy the books anymore. And then, I yeah. mean, similar, similar to our friend, shout out, you know who you are. Um, it, it as soon as that piece of content with that went out, it was outperforming everything else. And it's yes. like, like, oh, it just makes me angry that people are so dumb. But it also yeah. makes me happy that people gave it a chance. Yeah. And then it also And makes now Netflix is giving it two more seasons of chances, which Netflix is notoriously good at not doing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's... Oh man, I, I'm, I'm in love with it. I, we joke about being obsessed and wanting to protect all the little children in that show. Yes. Um, I mean, 
even even Isaac with his two lines, but like three hours of screen time um, is just they're all precious precious little angels and uh, you talk you talk. Yeah, no, I I think every episode that I watch because I watched the first one with you, uh, I have had the books actually on my radar for a while. Um, since like the first one was published, uh, didn't know anything about it, but which by the was, by the way, the author is very young, and in addition to me being so happy for the franchise and thrilled that it's happening, I'm also looking inside of myself and wondering, huh, how come? What have I done for the last? But she like started this in. <laughs> when she was 17 no eight, 17 18 19 doing the doing it online as like little web comics sorry not little uh doing it yeah. as web comics um and then wrote a little wrote one i need to stop saying little wrote one uh i'm thinking about that so much now because of the offense you took to me calling it your little book um uh, <laughs> but the uh, the nick and charlie uh, piece that she wrote and then I mean she was 21, 22 or 23 when the first Heartstopper came out and there's four now and yeah. she also wrote the screenplay for the series like what? What have I been doing? Right like here I am a whole 31 years old and what, what what do we have to show for those years nothing we're just existing at this yeah, point we're just in, existing in everybody. alice's world yeah truly and this truly. is alice this is uh this is joe and kit's world and we're all just living in it yes honestly the whole cast and crew <laughs> and to be somewhat tangential i think i saw somewhere that uh Euroslin, the director of the series, uh, I assume all eight episodes, um, has also directed some of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who. And when I read that or saw that TikTok or whatever it was, I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like their storytelling is the storytelling that I like most. And it just is nice that it's, you know, queer storytelling now. Yeah, finally, 2022. Or a queer story, I should say. I don't know if Euroslin is queer. I don't right. know them. Right. But yeah, I mean, the books. So I've made it through. I'm halfway halfway through the third one right now, the third volume. Thomas has read the first two. Um, he's borrowing my all of my copies. Yes. Thank and you. I refuse to let him read the next one until I've finished that one. Uh, so he gets to hand me down so that way I'm always one step ahead, even though I think he's read all the summaries of all of them because I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not big on the spoilers, like it's okay. Oh God, I'm gonna watch I, it whenever. I spoilers are rough for me. I don't I didn't I don't look at anything. I'm trying to read through these as fast as I can so that once so I can start reading like fan theories of what season two will be and what season three will be. Um, but 
who who knows someone messaged me today they're like do you think season two will be books two and three and then season four will be or season three will be book four and i was like well no because season one was book one and two um so we'll see we'll see right sorry my cat's meowing at me (laughs) uh my theory is because season one was book one and two i assume season two will be book two and three and then i think i read the last volume uh five is supposed to come out january next year and is supposed to be the end uh so it assume that and then the like actual story that uh, alice wrote first of nick and charlie because if you're on tiktok you've heard the audio of like nick and charlie and i have been or i've been dating nick i've been going years or whatever nelson yeah yeah that whole thing i assume that will be whatever the last seasons we get Oh, and I episode one, episode one of that last season better fucking start with that audio. Yes, it has to. That's a missed opportunity. And whoever is doing the work on that show, whoever is running that show is bad at their job. If that is not anywhere in it. Yeah. Um, big spoiler. Uh, I, okay. Well, Jesus, it's just cr- I like jumping, how you say you everywhere. are. <laughs> Yeah, I'm anti-spoiler, but I we can't talk. You can't talk about things without spoiling them. Um, however, I'm not. I don't go into Twitter and put like block block words or whatever it is. Anyway, the story, the <laughs> story, the show, um, Heartstopper. It is. Oh God, it's so good. So it is the story of uh, Nick Nelson and Charlie Spring. Charlie Spring uh, and Nick Nelson go to the same school. Um, Charlie came out as gay his previous year. Um, I think they're in year 10. I think my understanding of reading it and watching it is he was accidentally outed or something. Yes, and I, I actually think, yeah. I actually just read in the book. Okay, big spoiler. Um, that it might have accidentally happened because Tao was talking about it loudly in the hallway and people heard. Um, anyway, the, that's- I could see the, that. The character that, would be, that replaced yeah. Isaac, or that is Isaac in the show said that. that they oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, okay, anyway, they those two boys go to school together um, and they are forced to sit by each other in homeroom. And uh, Nick is the- I was going to say like the sexy rugby player, but he's <laughs> they're teenagers. Or he is yeah. the um, the athlete, the the rugby player. Um, everyone knows who he is. He's popular, but not like not like prom king popular. You know what I mean? Um, and he, oh my god, Charlie gets a little crush. He starts getting a little crush, and he starts thinking in his head that maybe it's mutual, but he knows better because. Nick is straight, a straight, I'm doing air quotes, is a straight boy. And he starts to kind of fall for a straight boy. And his friends, his lovely, lovely friends in the move in the series, Isaac and Tao. Um, but Tao is very against it, very protective of Charlie because he doesn't want Charlie to get bullied and like he was when he came out. Um, yada yada yada. 
Nick gets confused. He's like, whoa, what's going on? Do I have feelings for a boy? Looks up, am I gay? On Google, takes BuzzFeed quizzes, gets like a 67% gay rating. Um, And then he and Charlie give a little smoochie. And to make a long and story short, away. yeah, long story short, for other reasons, but yeah, <laughs> long story short, they fall in love and it's beautiful and magical. And out of nowhere, with no warning from anyone or anything, uh, Olivia Coleman is in a car playing one of the, one of their mothers. <laughs> um, and the, at first, really? she's, she's in the foreground or she's in the background, uh, and you you see her and you're like, oh, the woman driving that car kind of looks like Olivia Coleman. And then she, it pulls focus to her and you're like, ah, what? Yeah. Um, but tell me about like your sort of jerk. What got you to where you are today with this show? Yeah. Uh, so like I said, uh, I'm, I had had the first volume added to like my TBR on Goodreads or wherever uh, for a while but I just had been avoiding it because I've been very into the more dark and gritty and grimy and albeit more violent uh, series lately. So like, I just never picked it up. Uh, Then I saw the trailer or the announcement that it was coming to Netflix and I was like, oh, I'm aware of this title. and I think I texted you and our mutual friend who were hopefully one day finally also record an episode with you or like eight because yeah. this person is a media person uh, and is also queer. So like up her alley for sure. But um, yeah, and then I also am a, I want to read it first person and couldn't, couldn't find an issue or a volume anywhere uh and i was hanging out with you and you essentially turned on the first episode and you said i've only played the first episode and then i stopped i don't remember why we stopped watching for sure and we didn't just binge the whole thing uh but yeah and then i came home and i made <laughs> uh like later that weekend made my partner uh watch the first episode with me and then we kept watching and watched the whole thing and then I started borrowing your volumes from you. So I think a, a very common thing that like reading about this and talking to other queer people about this uh, is how it uh, emotional it makes so many people for uh, several reasons. One, it's cute. It's lovey-dovey. It's young love. That's a good time. Um, this Another piece of that is it's young love that a lot of us didn't get to have. Um, we didn't get, a lot of people didn't get to, in a air quotes here, safely, um, like be out in high school and date in high school and fall in love with people in high school. Um, the other part being, wow, how cool that this is, this exists, this is out there now. This like makes you feel good that you see people that, wow, that used to be me, or that was me, or these people identify the way I do on TV. Um, And then the last part that I'm seeing so many people relate to is it's that it's a sadness of, man, 
I didn't have this. I didn't have something like this to watch, to help show me that this is okay, that this is not wrong, that there wasn't, there wasn't something that every, literally everyone in the world was watching and not watching it to show like, Ooh, this is bad. This is how, this are people we hate, but like watching it and loving it and sharing it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, everyone is talking about this and it's so cool and it's so great. But then there's that little bit, bitter's not the right word. I don't know what the word is, but like that. I would say like melancholic is usually the word most people say. Yeah, I would say melancholic of man. I, I wish, I'm so sad for young me that didn't have this. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, that's again, I think when we started, I mentioned like, I think millennials specifically and every queer person older than millennial who's watched it or read it or both has had to mourn for their younger selves a lot more than you would expect a happy, wholesome show to like inflict on people. Uh, But very much so, uh, I will say, we talked about uh, my partner and I, the last time I was on your podcast, but like I am one of the few people of any like, you know, sexuality uh, my partner and I have been together for 13 years. Uh, he was in high school. I was a freshman in college when that we started true. dating. So <laughs> I, uh, he was taking calculus classes at my college. Like, how would I know you are a senior in high school? That's like, not a thing that even crossed my mind. Like, why would a high schooler be taking a co- college calculus class? Like, so but here we are. We were both 18. It's fine. Um, but even like me being the demographic who kind of did get this, like we rich, he was white, in high school. Yeah. tall. <laughs> <laughs> he is kind of all those less the rich part, but like, you know, I was talking no, about you. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously we were still together 13 years later, but like, I did not realize how much inherent, like, yeah, it's trauma of, like, growing up, you know, and coming of age in the aughts, in the teens, and, like, I graduated high school in 2009, Uh, so, like, you know, 2006, being queer and going through the things that they go through in the show was a much different time, uh, even though it was not that long ago. And even having the happy ending, uh, like ultimately, like the head kid, and I assume people will have is that they get married, live happily ever after. I assume is the ending of the story, and I will not take anything less. Uh, Which me too, but I'm traditionally, yeah. I, I'm not one for happy things. You cannot convince me to watch that happy show that's on Apple TV that everyone is obsessed with. You know I'm talking about. Ted Ted Baker. Oh, Ted, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Uh, I also have not watched that yet. I'm like, I have no desire to sit there and feel good. I'm not, I'm not a feel good person. And this I am show, a pessimistic for us is the exact for, opposite. For as feel good as it is, I'm crying at the club every episode. Yes, and I will again. I think just because I have the like ending that people are ultimately wanting. Uh, 
I have not like deeply cried as much as some of the people who are like, you know, reacting on TikTok uh, and like recording their friends and stuff. Like I've definitely awed and like my partner and I like cuddled against each other, like held hands tight or whatever. Um, but like and I haven't like pushed deep... you away. <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> uh, but like I haven't had the deep, deep melancholy because my biggest thing is even though like I'll mourn for my younger self and like all the things that I have trauma with of being like queer and like having come of age uh and also this is tangential but like it's part of my story specifically like I've been on my own since I was 17 so like dealing with all that is very different from how the show handles it inherently uh it's a different country and also it's for the two main characters like they're two white queer people and i'm not uh like i don't have the deep sense of crying 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 it's just like some some misty eyes like i'm mourn for what could have been if i had been in you know gen z in like this era that the show is probably more so meant for than 30 year old uh gay man but uh yeah it's more of a like yeah I didn't have it then but I I have it now and that's that's fine like it came eventually and I'm happy with that (laughs) um no yeah I think I remember what I was gonna say when I brought up Ted Lasso was I I think I need this to have that happy happy ending you know, I normally I like a more real ending. Uh, not that that isn't real as I sit here and talk <laughs> after you talk about how <laughs> it's literally what happened with you. Um, but I I really hope that this isn't like a what, what's that one book there? What if it's us? you know, or uh, they both die at the end. The great, okay, here, here's me bragging about me only reading one author. <laughs> um, also two queer books that I actually haven't read that you have. Yeah, and I, I really like those. And I like that they both don't have the happily ever after sort of ending. Um, but I I want that for for little Joe and little kid or little Charlie and, and Nick. Yeah. Uh, we I also want it for them though. Yeah, we refer to them by their first names, all the children. Yes, yes. They're Joe, all, Kit. everybody who's watched the show, they are children and we care about them very deeply, I think is yeah. the general consensus from everything I've seen yeah. on the internet and talk to friends. Yeah. And like, again, same. I like things that have more emotional like weight to it. Uh, in general and like not necessarily a happy ending like maybe a much more bittersweet ending uh but i think having a happy ending being ultimately everything that i actually want for it is because a the people who are like portraying it and involved in creating it all seem like great people like they're all young and like at the start of their careers but with the exception of uh kit connor uh having been in rocket man and uh I think I saw like on stage in the West End and stuff like aside from them like Joe is new to acting I'm like no like if you can do this and you're willing to to take this step literally as your first step in your career like I want you to have a good experience I don't want 
you'd have to portray like the most hard queer story. Yeah. And that's not to say that this one is without conflict conflict, excuse me, because there is. It's just not it doesn't fall into the tropes of, you know, kill your gaze. Yeah. For all, all that, the for which, all of the tropes that are in this, the one trope that the one queer trope that isn't is the is the kill your gaze trope, which is nice. So far, yes. we don't know. We don't know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, do you think I, we're gonna I, see I like not. when they start driving? I don't know. I oh. don't know what like I want to watch them grow up. Same, wow. which is why I think I think the last season will be the book and like the first few seasons will be the graphic novels. That's strengthened my theory in my head for what we'll ultimately get. Yeah, I need I need um, an, a bonus season at uni. Truly, or like uh, give me a cool like 19 nice... years later. <laughs> no. Uh, give me a like final epilogue, like 10 minutes of them starting university. No, um, I want I need the epilogue to be them around a table during Christmas. And they're on two ends of the table, and their boy and girl child are on either ends, and they both have they're both. They're all holding the little things that you pop, you know, and the sim laughing like ha ha ha. No, I don't. Uh, I don't want that explicit of a happy ending. I just want it to be able to be assumed. But I do not think that Alice would write anything that's like as bad as the kill your gaze trope. Yeah. Uh, this actually brings up a thing that I have been using to sell the show to people who haven't watched it. Uh, one of my best friends, who is a bisexual woman. Uh, texted me like should I watch the show like you keep posting about it and like is she being queer as well uh wants to watch it but she is a lawyer so like she hasn't had time and I was just like yes and then she finally watched the first episode on her lunch break and immediately texted me she was like this is the worst decision I've ever made I will no longer be able to do my job as an attorney I'm like yep sorry I actually probably should have told you that because you have real adult job responsibilities and I'm like not that uh but then when she got home that night she watched two more and she literally texted me she's like she was terrified of the other shoe falling yeah is that the phrase yeah, yeah. uh she literally she was like I swear to god if someone dies I'm fighting all of Netflix and I was like no 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 I was like I don't think this is that story. It definitely isn't happening in the first eight episode. And that like, then we proceeded to talk about like, as queer people who graduated high school in 2009 uh, in the United States. Also, we like how much trauma we carry and that like, we're expecting the worst because we've lived up into our thirties, largely getting the worst as queer people. like in real life and in media and like she texted me that like she specifically said that is a spoiler I will gladly take like <laughs> that she doesn't have to worry about any of these lovely little kids dying in a show we don't need a bridge to Terabithia for every generation <laughs> but I'm glad we had it and like yeah. yes death happens 
but like not to these children never to these no children. never never alice never please <laughs> we will all literally die at once of heartbreak yeah i think also it's crazy how how much of a fandom even the supporting characters have gained and i think even even saying supporting characters right there i'm like that's a it's this is an ensemble show yeah there are those clearly those the two leads but i mean the rest of the stories all are very integral to their stories yeah you think maybe the only one that's not sorry but isaac like that's not it's kind of all the couples and yeah. and it's cool because all of the couples are queer um in different in very different ways too which is awesome um yes i can't think of anyone's name other than tau um who are the two girls from the other school uh tara and darcy oh, and then tara Kyle. and darcy tara and darcy i fucking live for i have watched so many compilations of their bloopers on tiktok um their own little behind the scenes stuff they're all allowed to release their behind the scenes stuff now uh, which has been fun to see um oh god i i love tara and darcy no they it is wild how free well that they can be now that you know like their embargo of the show has been lifted and like they can talk mm-hmm. about it but like it's nice to see like youth having fun and like the oldest person is Tara right she's like 23 like of the main like kids that we're seeing uh oh in real uh, life yes yeah yeah in real life like the actor is 23 which you know what we grew I grew up in the era of Glee so like here we have 30 year olds playing you know high schoolers and like it doesn't come off come off across as authentic and like actual young people whereas this like even though it's in the uk like this is how young people are i find that very endearing and just helps sell the story and i think why we are all getting so attached to them yeah i this show to me is also and i've i don't think i've like had this conversation with someone yet but it's very um very not very, very, but red, white, and royal blue. Um, it's very young royals, which you you have to watch young royals. Oh. It's on my list. Yeah. It's on my list. It's, it's that. Also, the cool thing about this and this entire sort of uh, series is there's no, like, the, there's not the, like, the gay scare trope isn't really there. Um, there is like a couple of kids that don't understand maybe the extent of what it means to bully and be homophobic, you know, maybe that's just like. That they say they're homophobic and then use a slur two sentences later. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is conflict in the show. Yeah. But it's not the typical ways that we've seen through all the tropes we've now come to know. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, but. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good. You're good. Um, no, but it's it's been so cool to watch really the world allow us to have this queer youth experience like together as a collective, as a queer community. You know, I don't think I've seen anyone anywhere post 
fuck that. I'm not watching that fag show. Um, no, no I, there hasn't been. I have not seen any like explicit hate. Yeah, I don't. The biggest thing is like that I have seen is like not hesitation, but like because I'm slightly, slightly connected to like queer Asian people on Twitter. We actually have a mutual person that we like both. I will say no, we don't, I don't really know him. Yes, I yes, just yes. interacted with him. Uh that like also loves the show. And then he posted about it and like the other Gaysians like got mad at him or whatever in his words. And I'm just like, y'all, as an Asian person, I've been relating to white people literally my entire life. It's not that hard. Also, they can relate to us or they should, you know, after the success of Crazy Rich Asians and now everything everywhere all at once, like, I think they're showing that they also are willing to do that now. Yeah. Uh, like, there's that criticism. And the only real one that, like, I understand but I don't think is relevant is more so, like, the polite and more puritanical telling of queer stories. Like, people are saying that this is kind of that, and I, I get what they mean. Like there's no sex, but also these are teenagers. I don't, I don't need every show to be hypersexualized. Cause I would argue that most teenager, not most, I would argue that there are teenager experiences that are not sexual, but are still like Nick and Charlie, like very much based in love and like making out. Yeah. Cause that's um... where they are at their face in life. Young Royals and Red, White, and Royal Blue are they're more smutty than this. Yes. However, I but, will say yeah. going into book three, um I expect it to happen. It's there, just well, not there's this no, season. Nothing's happening, but they are just being very just, silly with what they're they, saying to yeah. each other. And they're like, oh, I can hold that for you. And then you'll see like one of them blush and be like, hee hee, what? And the other one's <laughs> like, well, I mean, I can, you know, <laughs> or, or it's like, oh yeah, we're going to do it. And he's like, oh, oh, I mean, I didn't, I don't mean we're going to do it. I mean, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then the other one's like, maybe we're going to do it. And then that's the end of it. So that's happening a lot. Also in the graphic novels, they are kissing on every other page every page with an odd As number right they are just smooshy smoochy smoochy they actually just got caught by someone um interesting interesting development for me oh you are going to love who catches them i as soon as it happened i oh that's actually when i text you uh, on the train this morning and i was like i'm i'm trying i'm crying on the red line <laughs> Oh, As we God. all have done at one point. Oh, it's so good. Can I tell you what it is? I actually, having read the brief synopsis of, like, I, I know where they're going in the next season. I assume the next season. Uh, I know, but... but the I, next volume. But, like, I assume it's the coach. Or, like, Miss Sam. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. when it was. She, like, catches them and then calls Char calls Nick into the office later. Um, and it's like, by the way, you're going to be the rugby captain. And he's like, whoa, cool. Thanks. See ya. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. Be more careful where you're making out with your boyfriend. And he's like, huh? 
and she's and she pulls up in the little comic she grabs the little framed photo and goes you know i met my wife during uh like college sports uh and she pulls up the picture and when she pulled up the picture and it was just like the both of them i my heart was like oh my god and then she literally goes yeah young love huh i'm of course paraphrasing like young love and then she like leans in and is like and if any of these fucking kids on this team bully you or charlie you let me know and i'll take care of it (laughs) yeah which is to the show's credit since it's not there um they've laid the groundwork for that like with charlie saying something and like the coach saying like mm-hmm. there are people who are good at sports that are gay charlie and stuff and, like oh as soon really as she said great, that yeah. i was like bing <laughs> yeah but like really good like small minimal thing like obviously not not a big character yet uh this is tangential my husband who is a architect we both went to design school in college uh when it cuts to her office and all her basketballs are like in a perfect row on the wall we both were like "Mm, that's a nice office (laughs) which is who we are as people but it's so interesting how that's portraying that because again my friend that i was texting she was just like she also very much got melancholic about the show i don't know how far she was in i don't know if she's finished yet her high school sweetheart is trans and like the gayest thing that happens in this show are the pinky touches not mm. even the full-on makeouts oh, yes it's it's the pinky touches and like the little animations of electricity and stuff between it like that is queer culture sneaking a little touchy yes. touchy in public and like nodded in, in a sexual way Ugh. just like a little pinky yes. wrapped around each like other movie theaters when like you have the armrest here but you would put your hand kind of down and it would hang past between both of the yes. seats in the crack and then you would just kind of wait and hope that theirs would go in there and like pinky pinky yes uh, and they what, do it twice. And, uh, what are what are some other the movie there. what are some other little queer secret sneaky sneakies like that? Um, I think many people have talked about this, but like the group chat names, everybody actually does have that. Uh, yeah. which is a new thing. My friend and I also, uh, to tangent, we're talking about how nice it must be to have that. Uh, just as youth nowadays, because like we're old we're in our 30s uh which is you know he's talking about him and his husband let's i am not i am not in my 30s just to be you're not young wow to be young to be young hot and hip no um no me and my best friend who are in our 30s um she was saying like the sneaking touch like at our friends whose family hosted an annual bar dance very iowa very fun not typically a gay thing uh (laughs) like you know stargazing or whatever laying down and like sneaking a little pinky touch Mm -hmm. and then we were at the rise the advent of texting um for anybody who is young who may be listening or watching this you had to pay per text and it was not cheap so 
you had to communicate very concise and also if you were queer very very coded you had to code switch very well so your parents wouldn't find out so she was like there's something to me that really misses like the fun of that and like how heartfelt everything was because you were putting such attention to detail that was so specific to the time we came of age yeah as like the stakes were so yeah the stakes were not that they're not high now um everyone's queer journey is different um but the state like we are a generation who yeah literally growing literally growing up thinking like only because of what you've seen in media and tv and news like truly thinking it's life or death like if 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 someone reads this text and figures out it's to a boy like i'm i'm gonna be killed i'm gonna be murdered i'm gonna be run over i'm gonna be hanged i'm gonna be dragged behind a truck tied to a fence like like, yeah like literally literally we are the generation who like came of age closest to matthew shepherd and like being murdered for being gay um and then even that like we were from small town iowa like just the hell of like having to deal with a small town iowa school finding out or like worst comes to worst this is why i have not been on my own since i was 17 it's much more complicated but like getting kicked out uh like at the very least like that was and continues to be a real real fear but like the stakes were a lot higher in that regard because everything was much more prescient it was much more closer to where we were in how time flows uh and like on top of that like even just like small things like this was pre same-sex marriage in the united states being legalized anywhere uh and then it was you know new york connecticut then iowa i believe is the series and then some more it was boston first or massachusetts or massachusetts yeah and i learned that today yeah okay yeah I distinctly remember Iowa being third because <laughs> Iowa historically is advanced in that way, but in other ways, very much not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like we talked about, we were texting about how like that is such a small thing that like this show doesn't have, but it's also now it's not taking place in the knots, uh, but like made us mourn for those kids that we were at the time and the things that we didn't get that this show is giving kids now okay let's we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back i have a a tangential tangent tangential or tangential how do you say it tangential tangential i have a tangential thing to bring up uh after this little break we'll be back Okay, so the thing I wanted to talk about that I just so I just started listening to uh, a new a new pod um, as I saw them on Insta on our Insta uh, followers um, and uh, hopefully listeners maybe of of spoiler alert it's gay but it, the the podcast is called. It's a it's a queer history podcast called Historically Really, um, historically well, historically really good friends, which I think is a very 
fun name for it's it's very fun for queer people that understand what that means um <laughs> uh, but they just did an episode that included uh so the history of james dean uh which i vaguely know the like bullet points of but listening to that was really really cool and also like the way that it made me think of how, okay, a long, long time ago in Trojan days, being gay or queer, like that wasn't an issue, right? And then it did become one and then it wasn't one again and then it became one. And then going to this James Dean topic, but like kind of when like when he was around, it wasn't some crazy big thing that people were like saying anything horrible against, you know? Um, it was just something that was acknowledged and something people knew existed and okay, cool. That was it. Um, and then listening to that podcast, they're kind of talking about how, like, well, everyone knew that he was queer, like everyone in the industry, everyone kind of had that, even, even like fans knew and people that watch his films and everyone said that he was effeminate and very womanly and ladylike, ladylike and soft-spoken and everyone like pointed to kind of what that meant and without saying it but not by saying he's disgusting you're trash he's garbage you know um like after he died a lot of people that knew him uh kind of came forward like yeah like he even said it like people know people now acting like whoa he might have been by like this is news breaking news here's a story about someone he hooked up with um the people are like we don't understand why this is breaking news because he told people that he was bi and everyone knew that he was bi. Uh, people now are just pretending like it wasn't a known thing or wasn't a big deal or was a big deal back then. Um, anyway, that was really cool. And I liked hearing about that. I also only know like the vaguest of bullet points for him, but like three movies, that's all he's been in. Yeah. That's all he did. That's crazy to me. And he was yeah. in 27. I didn't, I thought it was he drugs or he OD'd or something. I literally didn't know until that pot, podcast. It was a car was, crash, right? Yeah, a car crash. Race, racing his uh, Porsche sports car to the Indy 500. No, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, a certain actor turned president, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who made a lot of the world we now live in, specifically the United States, but also the world at large, an entire, not an entire generation, that always is a bad way to look at it, losing a significant amount of your queer generation to a different pandemic uh, that said president literally ignored and did not care for helping as president and their representative. Uh, so I think it's very interesting how the political climate, specifically in the United States, because that's where we both live, uh, has changed in like our lifetimes for sure. Yeah. Even as recent as the mid nineties, um, I mean, it, you, it was still against the law to say you were like gay in the army. Yeah, you know, like that's insane. Yeah, and like, like it's not like it's all gone now. Like, what is it? Like twenty six states, you can, or you, a person could be killed 
by someone and that person could just say that they were afraid for their life because that person was gay or whatever and like that's a legal defense that people can take which is wild yeah um but i 100 guarantee if a gay person were to kill a straight person and say i feared for my life because they were straight and i assumed that they would be homophobic that would never uphold in any court yeah no but also i'm not a lawyer yeah but we know how it is because It would work any other way if it were a person of color and a white person. It would go one way and not the other. And we um, know what way that is. You know, kind of going back to uh, Heartstopper real quick. The other thing, not just the little pinky touches, but uh, the leg, like your thighs going, pressing together or like kind of a bouncing brush. it. A, a little brush, brush or like a little bounce to see uh, yeah. if they move away or what's going on. You know, like those moments of, God, I'm just going on a tangent again. Those moments when like you would, you're younger and well, I don't know because you had Dane so young, but you have like, you're sitting by someone and you're like, I, I wonder what would happen if like I put my leg a little closer and like, especially when you're younger and you, well, when we were younger, you didn't know, like you don't know people's sexuality and also it wasn't something you talk about and you never know. And it's that thing of, uh, are we just really good friends or maybe like, anyway, we're going with that is like, you would like put your leg up against theirs, right? Even if it wasn't in a flirty way with someone that you're seeing, it was like a, is this, is this okay? Or I, you do it and they pull away and you act like you didn't even realize that your leg was even there. You don't realize that they pull away, but then like, then you knew that's how you knew. Okay, cool. Not that one. Or, oh man, that straight boy's not into me. I can't believe we haven't talked about like the graphics or like the, the design of the show itself. So the show does a really, really fantastic job of, integrating the uh parts of the influences yeah it's heavily influenced by the graphic novel uh that it's based on um and uh, so many of the shots uh and setups and sort of uh layouts of the uh of the scenes is it looks like and mimics uh, uh like a shot from a comic book uh not just in in the shot itself but a lot of the times even they will do animations and put up sort of these uh like little cards and it literally is a comic book strip um yeah like the gutters between like mm -hmm. in the opening right of the very first episode they like put them in and it's a very nice way i assume it's the show a having alice involved and be like I don't think even if she weren't there, you know, day to day actually being involved, I think it would be, you know, their homage to her of having written such a powerful piece of work. Uh, no, it's wonderful. Do I want to make this claim? I will. I would say it is easily one of the like the most respectful and like kind graphic series to live action uh, representation, like. I mean, the other thing that comes to mind is like Watchmen and like the movie has no clear depictions of like the kind of little animations that enhance what you're watching in like neither, I don't think the TV series did either, uh, as opposed to like, it's not a 
graphic series, but like the animations, the little drawings in, in the yeah. heights um, yeah, yeah, yeah. are the only real comparable thing. And yeah. I was hit or miss with it because it kind of came out of nowhere the first time. Yeah, that um, was, I was like, okay, what? I thought I was in like the sing-along version for a second. Yeah, like, oh, did we did we accidentally turn on the sing-along version? And yeah. it was just actually part of the movie. And my theory is, I have theories on that. And that's nope, nope, for a different nope, thing. Nope. It's not queer. <laughs> um, like it's little touches. It's little a little pair of birds or a little pair of leaves float Ugh, by geez. when there's an emotion. How many? Uh, how many people are going to get like the three leaves tattooed? An entire generation, oh I think, God, and then yes. some. Wow. That will be what is comparable to someone my age. Is that is there? I don't know. There's nothing real comparable oh, that the, isn't the going to ghost. bring up. Yeah, the little ghost. Everyone has the actually. Ghost. Yeah. yeah. I am so excited for the next seasons, even though I think it'll probably be what 2024. But I'm wondering. I, I mean, I'm thinking it's got to be not too far away because these kids are going to start aging fast because they're yes. kids and we're yeah, gonna like at that age yeah no i i assume i don't assume i would hope that knowing how popular it is yeah it has been um for a little series of eight episodes that are only half an hour to be doing the numbers that it is doing uh in like playtime and viewership and like unique viewers or however Netflix measures those metrics Mm -hmm. in television at large but uh I honestly would assume they actually have a lot of groundwork laid out and it's just setting up all the shoots like yeah obviously since it is a graphic novel and Alice is the one right making the screenplay like she already has the storyboard done because it's a graphic novel and truly we we talked about this too truly literally frame the frames in the uh in the graphic novels match the frames in the movie the other part is the it's literally the same script from book to movie which is so lovely and so nice um and then like reading through reading through the graphic novels after having watched it i'm like wait this is all the same th- stuff that happened. How did they make a whole movie with just like barely any words? Cause it doesn't even, it doesn't even feel like more dialogue was added anywhere in any of the episodes. However, right, right. like obviously there was, is not that much dialogue in the graphic novel. Right. Ugh. Cause so much storytelling is literally depicting same. And my favorite thing that happens in anything uh is lighting and they've really leaned oh into all of their lighting design yes. in the best ways all of the all of the queer flag lighting happening or even set pieces and like pastels and stuff uh each character's bedroom is oh, wonderfully God. lit and wonderfully decorated uh yeah the set dressers had a great time yeah. for this including having in charlie's room i told you this like yes. the the penguin uh, publishers um, giant poster of one of my all time favorite books, um, Brideshead Revisited, and I just thought that was so funny that someone who was what fifteen in the show that right. he 
is reading that book or has any idea what that is or was able to make sense of it. And it's also funny because it's queer, kind it's queer coded, which is lovely. But yeah, yes. no, the design of the rooms, the colors that they used for everything, beautiful colors. Um, and something that we joked about and me and our other friend when we were kind of watching it and live texting each other, um, there are quite a few lens flares. I think this show has the most lens flare out of any like Netflix series made for TV series anywhere that I've ever seen. I would imagine Chilling could... Adventures of Sabrina has a little bit more. Oh, <laughs> but... no, no, no. This, I mean, this is, if you took a shot each episode uh, for every lens flare, you would be blackout five minutes in. And that's fair, not a bad fair. thing. No. At our age, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, it's so cleverly used. And my favorite episode is like his birthday party episode when they go bowling. Oh, like it's just like nice bisexual lighting in multiple scenes. It's like that when they when they kiss in front of the arcade machine without anybody looking. I was like, yeah, that's a I mean, not necessarily like a claw machine, but like yeah, sneaky little kisses in public is a universal queer thing yeah uh, and still is because you know you know yeah. um and then like at the party there's also the party oh my god i forgot about before the party. there's queer lighting and then at one point it turns into i'm pretty sure the whole spectrum and then you know the soundtrack really just enhances it and we see a lesbian kiss yeah yeah a lesbian <laughs> kiss and that's like the first that's the first same sex kiss we see in the show. No, I, the, no it's not. Oh, Literally, no, no, no. we see him and Ben. It's the first positive one we see. Um, again, going back to like even the quote unquote side characters that are not really side characters or an ensemble, uh, like their story being so integral uh, because Nick gets the courage ultimately, I would say, to kiss Charlie when they have their whole conversation later in that episode because he just watched Tar and Darcy do it mm-hmm. like in the middle of a dance floor to beautiful lighting and a church's soundtrack like what what more do you want if that had taken place in the 2000s that would be to Robin I'm sure yes uh, that was totally a Robin rave scene that we were yes, watching yes but uh, like updated for the kids also tangential as a queer Asian person, of course, clocking Lucid by Rita Sawayama playing the <laughs> yes. scene before. Yep. Uh, no. The, okay, the, the soundtrack, unbelievable. Yes. I think yes. the I read somewhere that all of the songs from the soundtrack overnight, if they weren't already, they went into the millions. And um the everyone that has there's a lot of different playlists made, but like right. the playlists. Uh, Spotify says are taking up a majority of what's being streamed on Spotify, the songs. Oh, why am I no. like this? The Orla song? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, and then reading the comments, knowing that songs in the in the show and that through, throughout the comics, there are so many, it's not comics, graphic novels, sorry, you know what I mean. Um, there are so many scenes where they're saying like, why am I like this? Or why are we like this? Like, for different reasons right. like which also saying it now it's like that horrible why am i like this why do i have to be this way like 
what I, what's this right. is bad versus ha ha ha. Why are we like this? We're so great. Right. Lulu kaka poo poo. And yeah. yeah, no, it's so, it's so well placed into the show and such a expertly crafted song to connect to it in that way. But like, I think this is a small thing that I've seen less people like creators on TikTok and stuff talk about, but like that song playing and also the things that Nick is Googling. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a few people took it wrong. Like there is, you know, like he has tabs of like bullying and I think laws and stuff. And like, I think it was more Nick not being upset of like, why is he like this and more like why what's the word why do i feel for? this way towards right charlie right it will not even that but like he was doing his research yeah and like seeing that like that is how people react to people knowing and like yeah it's it's a very well thought out layered moment yeah i, was and I think there are actually a lot of those yeah, I, I was listening to another podcast uh, the other day, uh, and one of the girls on it was talking about that scene specifically, and how it was really cool and real to see, like, someone's not looking up gay and only seeing, here's what it means, here's the blah, blah, blah. It's like, he's also looking at here are suicide, like here's information on suicide. Here are other countries, like horrible things happening to these kind of people. He, and like showing the bad stuff as well as the good stuff has been something I don't think like, I'm not to say like very important or that it's not very important, but um, very interesting for people to see and very cool. People are receiving it in a really nice way. You know, like yeah. it's not, this show, the show doesn't, I don't think, sugarcoat anything. Um, but that's not to say that this is like a violent show, or I just think yeah. this this experience that we're witnessing uh, through this show is a very fortunate one. But it's not void of actual queer emotions and feelings, right? E even though like these these people, these kids in the show they're around queer people. Like they know queer people, they know out people, they have gay teachers, gay people at their school, trans friends, you know, and the an easy way out in a lot of these situations. And a lot of some people say, I wish it, I don't even want, and like, you don't even have to say it. You just like, if you just bring home a boy one day, it's a boy, you bring home a girl one day, it's a girl, like that kind of vibe where it's like, yes, these kids exist in a world where maybe they don't have to say anything or maybe um like it's okay with more people than than not but they're still scared of that one person that's not or they're right. still afraid of that that one thing and whether it's real or in their head or not it's it's a real feeling and a real emotion that is cool to see in someone in like this like i said this sort of environment that they're in that almost seems like it should be easy yeah no i i would agree it it does not have the gravitas that is expected of it to have like it's not again queer people dying it's not like people getting kicked out like when one of the best scenes of the whole series uh 
or season rather um and it will be serious just kidding i'll keep that uh is nick coming out to his mom like oh, that god it's i think i mean we've all watched the behind the scenes and like the interviews three thousand times by now of like olivia coleman like didn't know her line because she got caught up in like his his sad face like yeah like his sad face to like how he delivers it like it still has the weight of everything that like queer youth will have to probably go through for a while uh especially in countries where we have a resurgence of resurgence excuse me of uh religious conservatism coming up again uh unfortunately again that's like to go back to me saying earlier like it's not a show without conflict it's just the ways they handle the conflict is very refreshing it's very hopeful it's very optimistic it's not too it lets you feel the sadness but it finds a way to bring you back up ultimately with the characters yeah i wonder because i don't i don't i don't know it's so it's crazy to think that growing up the one well one of the few queer wins that i think we had was like the equality marriage act like where where it happened um and i think a lot of us were young enough at that time to think that because that happened wow maybe i will see in my lifetime a world where we're gay is okay and not even a thing and it's not the offense that it is today um and then here we are 15 10 15 years later and i don't i uh, grown now i'm like no i do not think that we i don't think i'll see that in my lifetime i don't yeah. think that that's i mean what, looking and hearing all around us every day different countries different places in the world like we're going backwards, you know? And so I wonder how many kids are having that right now watching this, like, wow, look at these two having this experience. I I'm sure that this means for me, this has got to mean that I could have this or my kids can have this or, or whatever that hope. Right. No, I would agree because we're two little pessimistic peas in a pod. (laughs) Like I, I don't have hope for the United States anytime soon. And like, granted, this show does not take place in the US. But like, the world that we grew up in, also like, to bring up other kinds of trauma, like, you're a few years younger than me, but like, I was 10 for like 9-11. And literally, that's still going like, like the ramifications of something that happened 20 years ago, when I was 10, are still happening. And we, I think a perception I definitely had, you know, younger is like progress is always forward. And like once we win one little step, in this case, like for us, like same-sex marriage in the United States, like it's just one tiny step forward, one tiny step forward, like change is incremental as like Obama had to remind us in one of his speeches, like, yes, I get that, but like, it's hard to have hope as a queer older person, <laughs> a 30 year old person, uh, even with these stories, because ultimately like we're a generation who I feel we're largely like a excluded from a lot of things 
and came of age at literally every weird, unprecedented world issue at once. Like how many global crises have we lived through? Like two economic collapses and I'm sure a third one coming soon, a literal pandemic, like Y2K. <laughs> like we, I think we're- Diana? Yeah, Selena? I think we're, yeah. I think we're the age that like, we've been beaten down so many times that I think all of us definitely feel that way. But realistically, I would say Gen Z doesn't give a fuck. And that is one of my favorite things about all of Gen Z. So I wanna ask you just a couple more questions before we get out of here. Um, first, who's your favorite? Out of the full cast, Harry excluded, obviously. Who is your favorite little heart stopper? Can we do you first if I can think about it? Oh my gosh, yes, we can do <laughs> me first. We can do me first. Um, okay, so I think first I'll go off character, then I'll go off personality of the actor I see um, parasocially through social media. Um, I think my favorite character uh, is Tao. I love Tao. Tao's a fun time, but then I say that and I'm like, oh, no, Darcy. Okay, it's Darcy. Mine is Darcy. I'm taking it back. It's Darcy. I would say my favorite character is honestly, oh, I don't know. I love them all so much. They're uh, all so good i was unprepared for this question and to make a decision this is like choosing my favorite cat okay i, like I think my, my cats now i think my favorite i forgot because i just realized i forgot to say my favorite actor persona um sebastian i don't know he's just a fun time and he loves everyone in that cast and and hates his character and hates his character and he 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 looks like a good time. He, I mean, also he like wears the fuck out of clothes. He's got the modeling thing down. Like, I don't know. He, oh, I love, oh, I love little Sebastian. Bye-bye, little Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh also while you continue to think, I'll let the listeners know that these cast members are absolutely insane and they are constantly having meme wars with each other turning each other into memes it's, it's wonderful it's hilarious it's, it's hilarious. wonderful meanwhile no one my age can figure out how to use the markup tool in an iphone to do anything with the photo so i'll let you know you told me to unedit a screenshot that i sent you <laughs> i do <laughs> no um no i think my favorite character is realistically probably Olivia Coleman's mom just for how oh, so good she ultimately like reacts to Nick coming out and like it's so honest she wasn't yeah it's it's genuinely very honest it feels I mean I'm not an actor but you are and I think we've had these conversations before like her reactions to all of Nick's like stuff in their scenes their scenes are also good together uh Oh, they're so good. It's very like lived in, and like this feels like a thing that she, like Olivia has actually lived through. So, her Mrs. Nelson like 
can have that authenticity to it. Her actions also are very, without making it so, so obvious, all of her responses and questions to Nick, and maybe it's just because I, I identify and because like of my queerness, but every conversation she has with him, in my head, I hear her asking him everything, but if he's gay. Yeah. You know? Like, like I, the he's moment, a special friend, isn't he? Like, Yeah. And I feel like even when she looks at him, she just, she like sees that he's gay. And I think that's also a very big part of probably like yeah. our youth and us growing up any, and anyone still to this day, I guess. Like you, I all, you always think, oh my God, there, someone texts you said, hey, can I call? Immediately it's, oh, fuck, they're going to call and ask me if I'm gay. Or, yes. Or, oh my God, someone says, hey, can we talk? Or, yeah. got a minute? Question mark. I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God. And Immediately then, hyperventing, yeah. hyperventilating. And then just uh, like also being younger and see it just like, I don't know. It's just every thought in your head is, okay, is me sitting this way? Are they going to think I'm, are they going to think this of me if I do this? Or if I, oh, whatever I just said, did, was my voice placed too? too high do i need to correct in my next sentence or like the exhaustion that comes with that i feel like i was having all of those thoughts as nick or as nick while when she was asking him hey yes. how was your day or like you know what yeah I mean? like Even you're really like, smiley hey, and you're like oh no i am yeah. yeah and stuff like it's it's so well done and like <laughs> the way she delivers things like it's it's how I think any parent kind of does. Um, again, been on my own since I was 17, so I can't really make that claim. Uh, but the way, the thing that really gets me is like in things when like they're watching the movie and like she's like bringing up Kara Knightley being like, she's a very pretty girl. And like, mm-hmm. then she like alludes to like, no, I get it. She's a very pretty girl. Like that's a, it's such a nice little touch that like, shows that she's open and then like when at the end after he does explicitly come out as bisexual to her like that she's like I'm sorry if I ever made you feel like you couldn't say that because she are yeah like she also says like when he's talking about his date with uh Imogene right mm-hmm. like that like oh do you like that girl like all like, it's a very heteronormative interaction for a lot of her interactions right. like there are the little things that's sh- showing like She's trying to like literally, literally, oh my God, I can't talk anymore. Literally suss it out of yeah. him, like asking like the small questions that we know are coded to be mm-hmm. like, are you gay? Are you queer? Like yeah. to bring it on out uh, and like that being a defense mechanism that like you and I immediately go into anxiety. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was about to say like, literally, I think I was going to compare this to like, this is, that is anxiety. That is probably where, why so many queer people have that specific type of anxiety or any sort of social anxiety is because a life of growing up and every action you do, psychoanalyzing it, like hoping that you're, whatever it is you're doing isn't gay or just kind of like I said, like the, I, I get that anxiety, like just like talking to people in general. You know? Yeah, and like this is a thing that I hope the show addresses. I don't know because I haven't read the third and fourth volume, but like 
ultimately we do uh, we do still live in a heteronormative society and like the number of times that a queer person like that i as a queer person have recloseted myself for like safety just because you like you don't know like you've been in an uber or a taxi or like literally in public just yeah. wearing something that, like somebody comes up and like a little too aggressively like it's like what's this about and you're like oh it was my church camps like t-shirt and they put like that's not a real thing that's happened to me so i shouldn't use that but like a rainbows on your shirt or something and like you right. immediately lie because your immediate safety feels at risk and like yeah. like it's such i think it is again <laughs> us elder gays that are millennials and older having our trauma responses and like the anxiety that i got when like olivia coleman make those little statements i'm like oh no like is is she gonna kick him out and then like you finish it and you're like no this is a wholesome show about like different kinds of love and friendship um but yeah so that's that's why i would say also like love olivia coleman like the favorite's a great movie broad church is very good like she just brings a very unexpected a-list celebrity she loves moment to the show yeah okay olivia coleman your favorite or the the mom your favorite character your favorite personality favorite personality actor honestly i'm gonna say joe just Mm -hmm. because like watching all the interviews the way that they all interact but like specifically him i think is how you and me are honestly uh like we kind of like give and take like (laughs) rude comments and like (laughs) we kind of bully each other sometimes but like in the fun ways and like he very much seems that way like i know they literally for all his and kids interviews like it's brought up that like kit noticed his weird fingers first like that's (laughs) hilarious and that like go and let him live that down I think that is that is somebody who when you have that kind of friendship like that's a friendship for life kind of thing yeah so I think it's very funny to watch wow what a great show what a great time it's been I'm gonna rewatch it 30 times this is not something I think I'll get tired of soon and then it I mean we have more coming so much sooner than many other things that are coming out um yeah but so I'm, yeah, and so I'm very um, excited for this. Um, but yeah, if you, if you have not seen the show, go and watch it. Go and listen to the playlist. Look at all of the artists that are a part of that of the soundtrack. Um, look at look at the kids on social media. They are so funny. It's hilarious. Uh, they all love each other. They're having a good time. We're having a good time watching and enjoying. And yeah, I hope y'all had fun listening to me and Thomas chat. Thomas, thank you so much for joining again. Yes. Uh, it's thank always you for a having fun me. Time. Of course, of course. I look forward to talking about everything everywhere all at once yes. next eventually. Yeah. I claim that. Yes. I claim that time and it. that you'll energy. Get <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I think that is it. You can follow Thomas on Instagram. Is it your Insta and Twitter the same? Artsy Gaysian. Um, yes. You can check out support both of those. me on coffee. Yeah, support him on coffee. You can also go to those social media sites to find uh, his zines. Um, uh, support him that way as well. Thank you all for listening. You can find me on social media. I am Zeke D. Uh, and 
for the podcast gay spoiler uh it's gay spoiler on twitter instagram patreon facebook uh, and please if you listen to any of this even if you skipped all the way to the end give us a rating on any whatever the app is that you're using it really helps uh and it makes us look really cool uh but yeah all right thank you thomas thanks everyone for listening Bye. Bye.